Section zero of Tractatus Logico Philosophicus. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Geoffrey Edwards. Tractatus Logico Philosophicus by Ludwig Wittgenstein. Translated by C. K. Ogden. Section zero introduction by bertrand russell mr wittgenstein's tractatus logico philosophicus whether or not it proved to give the ultimate truth on the matters with which it deals certainly deserves by its breadth and scope and profundity to be considered an important event in the philosophical world starting from the principles of symbolism and the relations which are necessary between words and things in any language it applies the result of this inquiry to various departments of traditional philosophy showing in each case how traditional philosophy and traditional solutions arise out of ignorance of the principles of symbolism and out of misuse of language the logical structure of propositions and the nature of logical inference are first dealt with thence we pass successively to theory of knowledge principles of physics ethics and finally to the mystical bracket das mustischer close bracket in order to understand mr wittgenstein's book it is necessary to realize what is the problem with which he is concerned in the part of his theory which deals with symbolism he is concerned with the conditions which would have to be fulfilled by a logically perfect language there are various problems as regards language first there is the problem what actually occurs in our minds when we use language with the intention of meaning something by it this problem belongs to psychology secondly there is the problem as to what is the relation subsisting between thoughts words or sentences and that which they refer to or mean this problem belongs to epistemology thirdly there is the problem of using sentences so as to convey truth rather than falsehood this belongs to the special sciences dealing with the subject matter of the sentences in question fourthly there is the question what relation must one fact bracket such as a sentence close bracket have to another in order to be capable of being a symbol for that other this last is a logical question and is the one with which mr wittgenstein is concerned he is concerned with the conditions for accurate symbolism i e for symbolism in which a sentence quotes, means something quite definite in practice language is always more or less vague so that what we assert is never quite precise thus logic has two problems to deal with in regard to symbolism one the conditions for sense rather than nonsense in combinations of words two the conditions for uniqueness of meaning or reference in symbols or combinations of symbols a logically perfect language has rules of syntax which prevent nonsense and has single symbols which always have a definite and unique meaning mr wittgenstein is concerned with the conditions for a logically perfect language not that any language is logically perfect or that we believe ourselves capable here and now of constructing a logically perfect language but that the whole function of language is to have meaning 
and it only fulfils this function in proportion as it approaches to the ideal language which we postulate the essential business of language is to assert or deny facts given the syntax of language the meaning of a sentence is determined as soon as the meaning of the component words is known in order that a certain sentence should assert a certain fact there must however the language may be constructed be something in common between the structure of the sentence and the structure of the fact this is perhaps the most fundamental thesis of mr wittgenstein's theory that which has to be in common between the sentence and the fact cannot he contends be itself in turn said in language it can in his phraseology only be shown not said for whatever we may say will still need to have the same structure the first requisite of an ideal language would be that there should be one name for every simple and never the same name for two different simples a name is a simple symbol in the sense that it has no parts which are themselves symbols in a logically perfect language nothing that is not simple will have a simple symbol the symbol for the whole will be a quotes, complex containing the symbols for the parts in speaking of a quotes, complex we are as will appear later sinning against the rules of philosophical grammar but this is unavoidable at the outset quote, most propositions and questions that have been written about philosophical matters are not false but senseless we cannot therefore answer questions of this kind at all but only state their senselessness most questions and propositions of the philosophers result from the fact that we do not understand the logic of our language they are of the same kind as the question whether the good is more or less identical than the beautiful close quote. Bracket. Four point zero zero three. Close bracket. What is complex in the world is a fact. Facts which are not compounded of other facts are what Mr. Wittgenstein calls Sackverhalt, whereas a fact which may consist of two or more facts is a Tatsaka. Thus, for example, quote, Socrates is wise, close quote, is a Sackverhalt, as well as a Tatsaka, whereas, quote, socrates is wise and plato is his pupil close quote, is a tatsaka but not a sockverhalt he compares linguistic expression to projection in geometry a geometrical figure may be projected in many ways each of these ways corresponding to a different language but the projective properties of the original figure remain unchanged whichever of these ways may be adopted these projective properties correspond to that which in his theory the proposition and the fact must have in common if the proposition is to assert the fact in certain elementary ways this is of course obvious it is impossible for example to make a statement about two men bracket, assuming for the moment that the men may be treated as simples close bracket, without employing two names and if you are going to assert a relation between the two men it will be necessary that the sentence in which you make the assertion shall establish a relation between the two names if we say quote, plato loves socrates close quote, the word quotes, loves which occurs between the word quotes, plato and the word quotes, socrates establishes a certain relation between these two words and it is owing to this fact that our sentence is able to assert a relation between the persons named by the words quotes plato and quotes socrates quote, we must not say the complex sign quote, 
a capital r b close quote says that quote, a stands in a certain relation capital r to b close quote but we must say that quotes a stands in a certain relation to quotes b says that a capital r b close quote bracket three point one four three two close bracket mr wittgenstein begins his theory of symbolism with the statement bracket two point one close bracket quote, we make to ourselves pictures of facts close quote. a picture he says is a model of the reality and to the objects in the reality correspond the elements of the picture the picture itself is a fact the fact that things have a certain relation to each other is represented by the fact that in the picture its elements have a certain relation to one another quote, in the picture and the pictured there must be something identical in order that the one can be a picture of the other at all what the picture must have in common with reality in order to be able to represent it after its manner rightly or falsely is its form of representation Close quote. bracket two point one six one comma two point one seven Close bracket we speak of a logical picture of a reality when we wish to imply only so much resemblance as is essential to its being a picture in any sense that is to say when we wish to imply no more than identity of logical form the logical picture of a fact he says is a gedanke a picture can correspond or not correspond with the fact and be accordingly true or false but in both cases it shares the logical form with the fact the sense in which he speaks of pictures is illustrated by his statement quote, the gramophone record the musical thought the score the waves of sound all stand to one another in that pictorial internal relation which holds between language and the world to all of them the logical structure is common bracket like the two youths their two horses and their lilies in the story they are all in a certain sense one close bracket close quote bracket four point zero one four close bracket the possibility of a proposition representing a fact rests upon the fact that in it objects are represented by signs but are themselves present in the proposition as in the fact the proposition and the fact must exhibit the same logical quotes, manifold and this cannot be itself represented since it has to be in common between the fact and the picture mr wittgenstein maintains that everything properly philosophical belongs to what can only be shown or to what is common between a fact and its logical picture it results from this view that nothing correct can be said in philosophy every philosophical proposition is bad grammar and the best that we can hope to achieve by philosophical discussion is to lead people to see that philosophical discussion is a mistake quote, philosophy is not one of the natural sciences Bracket. the word quotes, philosophy must mean something which stands above or below but not beside the natural sciences Close bracket the object of philosophy is the logical clarification of thoughts philosophy is not a theory but an activity a philosophical work consists essentially of elucidations the result of philosophy is not a number of quote, philosophical propositions close quote, but to make propositions clear philosophy should make clear and delimit sharply the thoughts which otherwise are as it were opaque and blurred close quote. bracket four point one 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 
and 4.112 close bracket in accordance with this principle the things that have to be said in leading the reader to understand mr wittgenstein's theory are all of them things which that theory itself condemns as meaningless with this proviso we will endeavour to convey the picture of the world which seems to underlie his system the world consists of facts facts cannot strictly speaking be defined but we can explain what we mean by saying that facts are what make propositions true or false facts may contain parts which are facts or may contain no such parts for example quote, socrates was a wise athenian close quote, consists of the two facts quote, socrates was wise close quote, and quote, socrates was an athenian close quote. a fact which has no parts that are facts is called by mr wittgenstein a sachverhalt this is the same thing that he calls an atomic fact an atomic fact although it contains no parts that are facts nevertheless does contain parts if we may regard quote, socrates is wise close quote, as an atomic fact we perceive that it contains the constituents quote, socrates and quote, wise if an atomic fact is analyzed as fully as possibly bracket, theoretical not practical possibility is meant close bracket, the constituents finally reached may be called quote, simples or quote, objects it is a logical necessity demanded by theory like an electron his ground for maintaining that there must be simples is that every complex presupposes a fact it is not necessarily assumed that the complexity of facts is finite even if every fact consists of an infinite number of atomic facts and if every atomic fact consisted of an infinite number of objects there would still be objects and atomic facts bracket four point two two one one close bracket the assertion that there is a certain complex reduces to the assertion that its constituents are related in a certain way which is the assertion of a fact thus if we give a name to the complex the name only has meaning in virtue of the truth of a certain proposition namely the proposition asserting the relatedness of the constituents of the complex thus the naming of complexes presupposes propositions while propositions presupposes the naming of simples in this way the naming of simples is shown to be what is logically first in logic the world is fully described if all atomic facts are known together with the fact that these are all of them the world is not described by merely naming all the objects in it it is necessary also to know the atomic facts of which these objects are constituents given this total of atomic facts every true proposition however complex can theoretically be inferred a proposition bracket, true or false close bracket, asserting an atomic fact is called an atomic proposition all atomic propositions are logically independent of each other no atomic proposition implies any other or is inconsistent with any other thus the whole business of logical inference is concerned with propositions which are not atomic such propositions may be called molecular wittgenstein's theory of molecular propositions turns upon his theory of the construction of truth functions a truth function of a proposition p is a proposition containing p and such that its truth or falsehood depends only upon the truth or falsehood of p and similarly a truth function of several propositions p q r dot 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 is one containing p q r dot 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 
and such that its truth or falsehood depends only upon the truth or falsehood of p q r dot 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 it might seem at first sight as though there were other functions of propositions besides truth functions such for example would be quote, capital a believes p close quote. for in general capital a will believe some true propositions and some false ones unless he is an exceptionally gifted individual we cannot infer that p is true from the fact that he believes it or that p is false from the fact that he does not believe it other apparent exceptions would be such as quote, p is a very complex proposition close quote, or quote, p is a proposition about socrates close quote. mr wittgenstein maintains however for reasons which will appear presently that such exceptions are only apparent and that every function of a proposition is really a truth function it follows that if we can define truth functions generally we can obtain a general definition of all propositions in terms of the original set of atomic propositions this wittgenstein proceeds to do it has been shown by dr scheffer bracket, trans am math sock volume fourteen pages four eighty one to four eighty eight close bracket that all truth functions of a given set of propositions can be constructed out of either of the two functions quote, not p or not q close quote, or quote, not p and not q close quote. Wittgenstein makes use of the latter, assuming a knowledge of Dr. Scheffer's work. The manner in which other truth functions are constructed out of quote, not p and not q Close quote, is easy to see quote, not p and not p close quote, is equivalent to quote, not p close quote. hence we obtain a definition of negation in terms of our primitive function hence we can define quote, p or q close quote, since this is the negation of quote, not p and not q i.e of our primitive function the development of other truth functions out of quote, not p close quote, and quote, p or q close quote, is given in detail at the beginning of principia mathematica this gives all that is wanted when the propositions which are arguments to our truth function are given by enumeration wittgenstein however by a very interesting analysis succeeds in extending the process to general propositions i e to cases where the propositions which are arguments to our truth function are not given by enumeration but are given as all those satisfying some condition for example let f x be a propositional function bracket i e a function whose values are propositions close bracket such as quote, x is human close quote. then the various values of f x form a set of propositions we may extend the idea quote, not p and not q close quote, so as to apply to simultaneous denial of all the propositions which are values of f x in this way we arrive at the proposition which is ordinarily represented in mathematical logic by the words f x is false for all values of x close quote. the negation of this would be the proposition quote, there is at least one x for which f x is true close quote, 
which is represented by quote, bracket, there exists symbol x close bracket and symbol f x if we had started with not f x instead of f x we should have arrived at the proposition f x is true for all values of x close quote, which is represented by quote, bracket x close bracket and symbol f x Wittgenstein's method of dealing with general propositions square bracket in essence quote, bracket x close bracket and symbol f x close quote, and quote, bracket there exists symbol x close bracket and symbol f x close quote close square bracket differs from previous methods by the fact that the generality comes only in specifying the set of propositions concerned and when this has been done the building up of truth functions proceeds exactly as it would in the case of a finite number of enumerated arguments p q r dot 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 mr wittgenstein's explanation of his symbolism at this point is not quite fully given in the text the symbol he uses is square bracket line over p comma line over xi comma capital n bracket line over xi close bracket close square bracket the following is the explanation of this symbol line over p stands for all atomic propositions line over xi stands for any set of propositions capital n bracket line over xi close bracket stands for the negation of all the propositions making up xi the whole symbol square bracket line over p comma line over xi comma capital n bracket line over xi close bracket close square bracket means whatever can be obtained by taking any selection of atomic propositions negating them all then taking any selection of the set of propositions now obtained together with any of the originals and so on indefinitely this is he says the general truth function and also the general form of proposition what is meant is somewhat less complicated than it sounds the symbol is intended to describe a process by the help of which given the atomic propositions all others can be manufactured the process depends upon a Schaeffer's proof that all truth functions can be obtained out of simultaneous negation i e out of quote, not p and not q close quote. b mr wittgenstein's theory of the derivation of general propositions from conjunctions and disjunctions c the assertion that a proposition can only occur in another proposition as argument to a truth function given these three foundations it follows that all propositions which are not atomic can be derived from such as are by a uniform process and it is this process which is indicated by mr wittgenstein's symbol from this uniform method of construction we arrive at an amazing simplification of the theory of inference as well as a definition of the sort of propositions that belong to logic the method of generation which has just been described enables wittgenstein to say that all propositions can be constructed in the above manner from atomic propositions and in this way the totality of propositions is defined Bracket, the apparent exceptions which we mentioned above are dealt with in a manner which we shall consider later Close bracket. 
wittgenstein is enabled to assert that propositions are all that follows from the totality of atomic propositions bracket, together with the fact that it is the totality of them close bracket, that a proposition is always a truth function of atomic propositions and that if p follows from q the meaning of p is contained in the meaning of q from which of course it results that nothing can be deduced from an atomic proposition all the propositions of logic he maintains are tautologies such for example as quote, p or not p close quote. the fact that nothing can be deduced from an atomic proposition has interesting applications for example to causality there cannot in wittgenstein's logic be any such thing as a causal nexus quote, the events of the future close quote, he says quote, cannot be inferred from those of the present superstition is the belief in the causal nexus close quote. that the sun will rise to-morrow is a hypothesis we do not in fact know whether it will rise since there is no compulsion according to which one thing must happen because another happens let us now take up another subject that of names in wittgenstein's theoretical logical language names are only given to simples we do not give two names to one thing or one name to two things there is no way whatever according to him by which we can describe the totality of things that can be names in other words the totality of what there is in the world in order to be able to do this we should have to know of some property which must belong to everything by a logical necessity it has been sought to find such a property in self-identity but the conception of identity is subjected by wittgenstein to a destructive criticism from which there seems no escape the definition of identity by means of the identity of indiscernibles is rejected because the identity of indiscernibles appears to be not a logically necessary principle according to this principle x is identical with y if every property of x is a property of y but it would after all be logically possible for two things to have exactly the same properties if this does not in fact happen that is an accidental characteristic of the world not a logically necessary characteristic and accidental characteristics of the world must of course not be admitted into the structure of logic mr wittgenstein accordingly banishes identity and adopts the convention that different letters are to mean different things in practice identity is needed as between a name and a description or between two descriptions it is needed for such propositions as quote, socrates is the philosopher who drank the hemlock close quote, or quote, the even prime is the next number after one close quote. for such uses of identity it is easy to provide on wittgenstein's system the rejection of identity removes one method of speaking of the totality of things and it will be found that any other method that may be suggested is equally fallacious so at least wittgenstein contends and i think rightly this amounts to saying that quotes, object is a pseudo-concept to say quote, x is an object close quote, is to say nothing it follows from this that we cannot make such statements as quote, there are more than three objects in the world close quote, or quote, there are an infinite number of objects in the world close quote. objects can only be mentioned in connection with some definite property we can say quote, there are more than three objects which are human close quote, or quote, there are more than three objects which are red close quote. 
for in these statements the word object can be replaced by a variable in the language of logic the variable being one which satisfies in the first case the function quote, x is human close quote. in the second the function quote, x is red close quote. but when we attempt to say quote, there are more than three objects close quote, this substitution of the variable for the word quotes, object becomes impossible and the proposition is therefore seen to be meaningless we here touch one instance of wittgenstein's fundamental thesis that it is impossible to say anything about the world as a whole and that whatever can be said has to be about bounded portions of the world this view may have been originally suggested by a notation and if so that is much in its favour for a good notation has a subtlety and suggestiveness which at times make it seem almost like a live teacher notational irregularities are often the first sign of philosophical errors and a perfect notation would be a substitute for thought but although notation may have first suggested to mr wittgenstein the limitation of logic to things within the world as opposed to the world as a whole yet the view once suggested is seen to have much else to recommend it whether it is ultimately true i do not for my part profess to know in this introduction i am concerned to expound it not to pronounce upon it according to this view we could only say things about the world as a whole if we could get outside the world if that is to say it ceased to be for us the whole world our world may be bounded for some superior being who can survey it from above but for us however finite it may be it cannot have a boundary since it has nothing outside it wittgenstein uses as an analogy the field of vision our field of vision does not for us have a visual boundary just because there is nothing outside it and in like manner our logical world has no logical boundary because our logic knows of nothing outside it these considerations lead him to a somewhat curious discussion of solipsism logic he says fills the world the boundaries of the world are also its boundaries in logic therefore we cannot say there is this and this in the world but not that for to say so would apparently presuppose that we exclude certain possibilities and this cannot be the case since it would require that logic should go beyond the boundaries of the world as if it could contemplate these boundaries from the other side also what we cannot think we cannot think therefore we also cannot say what we cannot think this he says gives the key to solipsism what solipsism intends is quite correct but this cannot be said it can only be shown that the world is my world appears in the fact that the boundaries of language bracket the only language i understand close bracket indicate the boundaries of my world the metaphysical subject does not belong to the world but is a boundary of the world we must take up next the question of molecular propositions which are at first sight not truth functions of the propositions that they contain such for example as quote, capital a believes p close quote. wittgenstein introduces this subject in the statement of his position namely that all molecular functions are truth functions he says bracket five point five four close bracket quote, in the general propositional form propositions occur in a proposition only as basis of truth operations close quote. at first sight he goes on to explain it seems as if a proposition could also occur in other ways for example quote, capital a believes p close quote. 
here it seems superficially as if the proposition p stood in a sort of relation to the object capital a quote, but it is clear that quote, capital a believes that p close quote. Quote, capital a thinks p close quote. Quote, capital a says p close quote, are of the form enumerated arguments p q r dot 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 quote, p says p close quote. and here we have no coordination of a fact in an object but a coordination of facts by means of a coordination of their objects close quote. bracket five point five four two close bracket what mr wittgenstein says here is said so shortly that its point is not likely to be clear to those who have not in mind the controversies with which he is concerned the theory with which he is disagreeing will be found in my articles on the nature of truth and falsehood in philosophical essays and proceedings of the aristotelian society nineteen o six to nineteen o seven the problem at issue is the problem of the logical form of belief i e what is the scheme of representing what occurs when a man believes of course the problem applies not only to belief but also to a host of other mental phenomena which may be called propositional attitudes doubting considering desiring etc in all these cases it seems natural to express the phenomena in the form quote, capital a doubts p close quote. Quote, capital a desires p close quote, etc which makes it appear as though we are dealing with a relation between a person and a proposition this cannot of course be the ultimate analysis since persons are fictions and so are propositions except in the sense in which they are facts on their own account a proposition considered as a fact on its own account may be a set of words which a man says over to himself or a complex image or train of images passing through his mind or a set of incipient bodily movements it may be any one of innumerable different things the proposition as a fact on its own account for example the actual set of words the man pronounces to himself is not relevant to logic what is relevant to logic is that common element among all these facts which enables him as we say to mean the fact which the proposition asserts to psychology of course more is relevant for a symbol does not mean what it symbolizes in virtue of a logical relation alone but in virtue also of a psychological relation of intention or association or what not the psychological part of meaning however does not concern the logician what does concern him in this problem of belief is the logical schema it is clear that when a person believes a proposition the person considered as a metaphysical subject does not have to be assumed in order to explain what is happening what has to be explained is the relation between the set of words which is the proposition considered as a fact on its own account and the quotes, objective fact which makes the proposition true or false this reduces ultimately to the question of the meaning of propositions that is to say the meaning of propositions is the only non-psychological portion of the problem involved in the analysis of belief this problem is simply one of a relation of two facts namely the relation between the series of words used by the believer and the fact which makes these words true or false the series of words is a fact just as much as what makes it true or false is a fact 
the relation between these two facts is not unanalyzable since the meaning of a proposition results from the meaning of its constituent words the meaning of the series of words which is a proposition is a function of the meaning of the separate words accordingly the proposition as a whole does not really enter into what has to be explained in explaining the meaning of a proposition it would perhaps help to suggest the point of view which i am trying to indicate to say that in the cases which have been considered the proposition occurs as a fact not as a proposition such a statement however must not be taken too literally the real point is that in believing desiring etc what is logically fundamental is the relation of a proposition considered as a fact to the fact which makes it true or false and that this relation of two facts is reducible to a relation of their constituents thus the proposition does not occur at all in the same sense in which it occurs in a truth function there are some respects in which as it seems to me mr wittgenstein's theory stands in need of greater technical development this applies in particular to his theory of number bracket six point zero two ff close bracket which as it stands is only capable of dealing with finite numbers no logic can be considered adequate until it has been shown to be capable of dealing with transfinite numbers i do not think there is anything in mr wittgenstein's system to make it impossible for him to fill this lacuna more interesting than such questions of comparative detail is mr wittgenstein's attitude towards the mystical his attitude upon this grows naturally out of his doctrine in pure logic according to which the logical proposition is a picture bracket true or false close bracket of the fact and has in common with the fact a certain structure it is this common structure which makes it capable of being a picture of the fact but the structure cannot itself be put into words since it is a structure of words as well as of the facts to which they refer everything therefore which is involved in the very idea of expressiveness of language must remain incapable of being expressed in language and is therefore inexpressible in a perfectly precise sense this inexpressible contains according to mr wittgenstein the whole of logic and philosophy the right method of teaching philosophy he says would be to confine oneself to propositions of the sciences stated with all possible clearness and exactness leaving philosophical assertions to the learner and proving to him whenever he made them that they are meaningless it is true that the fate of socrates might befall a man who attempted this method of teaching but we are not to be deterred by that fear if it is the only right method it is not this that causes some hesitation in accepting mr wittgenstein's position in spite of the very powerful arguments which he brings to its support what causes hesitation is the fact that after all mr wittgenstein manages to say a good deal about what cannot be said thus suggesting to the sceptical reader that possibly there may be some loophole through a hierarchy of languages or by some other exit the whole subject of ethics for example is placed by mr wittgenstein in the mystical inexpressible region nevertheless he is capable of conveying his ethical opinions his defence would be that what he calls the mystical can be shown although it cannot be said it may be that this defence is adequate but for my part i confess that it leaves me with a certain sense of intellectual discomfort 
there is one purely logical problem in regard to which these difficulties are peculiarly acute i mean the problem of generality in the theory of generality it is necessary to consider all propositions of the form f x where f x is a given propositional function this belongs to the part of logic which can be expressed according to mr wittgenstein's system but the totality of possible values of x which might seem to be involved in the totality of propositions of the form f x is not admitted by mr wittgenstein among the things that can be spoken of for this is no other than the totality of things in the world and thus involves the attempt to conceive the world as a whole Quote, the feeling of the world as a bounded whole is the mystical hence the totality of the values of x is mystical bracket six point four five this is expressly argued when mr wittgenstein denies that we can make propositions as to how many things there are in the world as for example that there are more than three these difficulties suggest to my mind some such possibility as this that every language has as mr wittgenstein says a structure concerning which in the language nothing can be said but that there may be another language dealing with the structure of the first language and having itself a new structure and that to this hierarchy of languages there may be no limit mr wittgenstein would of course reply that his whole theory is applicable unchanged to the totality of such languages the only retort would be to deny that there is any such totality the totalities concerning which mr wittgenstein holds that it is impossible to speak logically are nevertheless thought by him to exist and are the subject matter of his mysticism the totality resulting from our hierarchy would be not merely logically inexpressible but a fiction a mere delusion and in this way the supposed sphere of the mystical would be abolished such a hypothesis is very difficult and i can see objections to it which at the moment i do not know how to answer yet i do not see how any easier hypothesis can escape from mr wittgenstein's conclusions even if this very difficult hypothesis should prove tenable it would leave untouched a very large part of mr wittgenstein's theory though possibly not the part upon which he himself would wish to lay most stress as one with a long experience of the difficulties of logic and of the deceptiveness of theories which seem irrefutable i find myself unable to be sure of the rightness of a theory merely on the ground that i cannot see any point on which it is wrong but to have constructed a theory of logic which is not at any point obviously wrong is to have achieved a work of extraordinary difficulty and importance this merit in my opinion belongs to mr wittgenstein's book and makes it one which no serious philosopher can afford to neglect bertrand russell may nineteen twenty two end of section zero recording by jeffrey edwards